All right, welcome to D-Suite Nation. I, you might not recognize him. I don't think he's ever been on camera before. This is a guy that's always behind the mic talking, you know, like a robot. And uh, this is Dan Hutchinson, my, my co-host. What's up? What's up? Yep, it's my first uh, time officially at the table during, yeah, our, during our time of the podcast. Normally, when someone has seen me that's been, it was just the Zoom calls when I was in Texas. That's right. Okay, I guess maybe you guys do know what he looks like. Okay, I, <laughs> I forgot. Today we're going to do a, 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 what would we call it, Dan, like a quarterly review of like the first 25 episodes or so? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've done 26 episodes now. This would be number 27, and we thought it'd be a good idea just to, uh, you know, review the first 25 episodes and, you know, hit some highlights and, you know, review some laughs and just go over our, our, uh, some shows. Um, then we'll get into some other stuff as well. The one I'm looking forward to is that uh, the Zoom one where we had uh, – the Miller boys on there talking about Detroit, Chicago. I'm really looking forward <laughs> that's to that a, one. That's a good one. Yep, that's a good one. I'm going to save a little bit for when my pastor is here because I know me and him are going to talk about that, but I, I already know where you're going to go with that. So Yeah, I've got uh, I've got some stuff for you when, when that show rolls around too. I, there's some stuff I want to bring back up, and uh, I'm, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Dirt sheet writers again? <laughs> no. Okay. No. All right, well, what we got first? Well, we're gonna talk. We're gonna go show by show and kind of just uh, you know review who we had and uh, maybe talk about some highlights and some, some some stuff from each show. So obviously, the first show we ever did was at the Davidson Hotel with our very special guest Andre Weathers. Andre Weathers, uh, as you know, you know Flint Central graduate, played for the University of Michigan, New York Giants in the NFL. So we were we were very honored to have him on our very first show. Yeah, yep, he's in the Greater Flint Hall of Fame, works at the high school. He does everything for that, for that high school. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty, pretty fun episode. We, that episode there, you and I had no game plan. We were greener than goose shit when we got there. <laughs> That's right. And um, we just kind of, that was first take, no, no rehearsing. We just went with it, and I didn't think it was that bad for a first episode. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. We had some uh, tef- technical difficulties with the camera, uh, but but we did a good job. And uh, you know, the, my favorite thing about that episode, the, the reason I love the episode so much, is you know to have a guest of that caliber on our very first show. Uh, it was it was outstanding to hear Andre's insight on you know his time at Michigan and playing with these names that everybody recognizes, like Charles Woodson and. You know, it, it was just it was just really cool to to have his introspective on uh, his time. Yeah, and to get that inside information, you know, like what was said in the huddles, and you know, remembering plays, and it's good to have somebody that was actually there telling you about it, how it really went down, for, and it's fact. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that was a that was a pretty fun episode. Who who was the person that let us use the Davison Hotel? Um, uh, his name is Jim Waldron. He owns, uh, the Davidson hotel. So, oh, I didn't know Jim Waldron let oh, us. G- Jim Waldron Jr. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I've heard, yeah, I know the other, I've heard of the other one, obviously. Yeah. 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 That has the car lot right there on M15 there. Okay. I yep. didn't know that. Yep. Jim Waldron Jr. Uh, kindly let us use the Davidson hotel for that episode. Um, and we went back and did another episode, uh, later on that we'll talk about, uh, with Jay and Judd. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sure, that was the bracket one. That's going to be another fun one too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But but definitely though, yeah. Andre was uh, inside information, man. He's just not going to get that anywhere else. Hopefully, hopefully we can get Marcus Ray in the in the studio one day. Yeah, Andre still. I mean, he, amongst other players. Yeah, 
Yeah. But I know that he was like super, super close to, to Marcus Ray. And uh, I, what would be good about having him on there is uh, not only getting the same perspective that Dre gave us, but <laughs> Marcus is – that'll be an uncensored uh, interview. Yeah. Because Marcus would tell it like it is. Yeah. My kind of guy. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. He, yeah. So, yeah, that – uh, what was uh, what was the next episode? So we we're got? gonna we're gonna skip to episode three. Um, episode three we did with uh, Vince Strange, um, and I believe we did that show at Hoffman's Deco Deli. I think that was the first one we did there. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yep. we did that at Hoffman's Deco Deli. Um, again, it's a pleasure to meet Vince Strange. The dude is just that dude is ripped, man. Like he's he's a trainer. He's just like he's a physical specimen, but an absolutely nice guy as well. Yeah, he, he, he's. Uh, I, I don't want to word it like that, man. That sounded a little suggestive. But, <laughs> but no, no, he he looks good. He does a lot for people. Uh, you know, like you said, personal trainer. Um, I remember him in high school, man. He he had a uh, a different look in high school. Yeah, yeah, a different look. Uh, he used to wear a Georgetown jacket all the time. Hair was always it had Bobby Brown Gumby haircut. Uh, I think it was tenth grade or something like that, and he was. The funniest guy of that whole school. And to see what he's doing now and all that work that he's put in with the bodybuilding. And I, I'm more impressed with, uh, well, I won't say more impressed, but I just think it's cool how the, the lives he's, he's touched, you know, like people that, you know, a little overweight or, you know, people that don't have a game plan, don't really know what, you know, nutrition and all that other stuff is. For, for him to be able to guide people like that, I think is, is awesome. Yeah, it's really cool what he does. Um, you know, he obviously appreciates what you can get out of putting work in the gym, obviously, because he did it for himself. And uh, it seems like a guy that realizes, hey, if I can do this for myself, I can help other people do this for themselves as well. And and it takes a special person to be able to do that. Yeah, and he's a, he's a great guy too. Vince, uh, he's, he's very approachable. He's a nice guy because um, usually I know a lot of uh, fitness trainers – aren't really as nice as Vince because, you know, the, the compliments and the adulation all the time. But, yeah, Vince Vince don't have an ego like that. Yeah, I mean, I have known him for a long time. I don't know if that makes any difference. But Vince, Vince is a great guy. And I, I, would, uh, I would definitely suggest if anybody was uh, wanting to get in shape or wanting somebody to train them, what, the gym? Is that the name of his gym? The gym? The gym. Yep, the gym on Miller Road. That's where, uh, that's where I've seen That's where I know he works out. That's where I've seen him. Uh, I don't want to blow up his spot, but you know, if you're if you're looking for someone, I don't know if he's still doing that. But if you're looking for some someone to uh, to train you and, and get your body right, then Vince is your man. Vince is definitely the the man for that, um, and I mean this in a good way. When I'm about, it might come out a little wrong. I mean this in a good way. Now that Rip Ross is retired, Vince is now the best at doing that because Rip is all time best. But yeah, Vince Vince probably do this for another fifty five years. I mean, the guy looks great. He loves doing it. He's probably doing push-ups right now somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and this was the first episode that you got to uh, nerd out on wrestling. Oh, you, you yeah. You fans of big wrestling fans. I'm a, I'm a big wrestling I'm Let me put this. I'm not a big wrestling fan now. I don't watch it anymore. But, you know, back in the Attitude Era, I was huge. You know, Stone Cold, The Rock, D-Generation X. That was my time in wrestling. That was my prime in wrestling. But 
to watch you and uh, uh, Vince nerd out on wrestling like that, it was it was it was quite. Yeah, we're like two little kids talking about wrestling. One, I'm gonna I'm say one more thing about the wrestling thing, man. It, this this has to be said. Now I'm kind of like in your position. You know, I loved wrestling when I was growing up. Kind of got away from it. I have like three different facets of wrestling. I haven't like watched wrestling the entire time since I was four years old. Obviously, I watched it when I was a kid. The Rock and Wrestling Connection, Hulk Hogan and Wendy Richter, Cindy Lauper, Mr. T, and all that. And then, uh, let me see, probably like ninth or 10th grade, I kind of got away from it, didn't really watch it much. And then when Bischoff was running the uh, WCW and, and, and they formed uh, the live episodes of Monday Nitro, that, that got me back. And then around 2000, 2001, I stopped again. And then when my sons were, were little and growing up, I loved watching wrestling with them now. But a time like today, I'm actually like, trying to get my interest back in wrestling, like where I kind of like made it a point to like watch Raw. I watch the pay-per-views because I have the, the Peacock uh, app or whatever. Yeah. And um, there's just things that uh, that will remind me why I don't watch that shit anymore, man. <laughs> CM Punk coming back is a big deal. Sitting down like, like he does, like whatever he does, okay? In my opinion, if, if I was – had Vince McMahon's ownership or CEO or job or whatever, I would have one rule. If you want to cross over and fight in the UFC or get in that octagon, that's fine. If you get your ass whooped, you, you can't come back to wrestling because to me you're exposing the business. As Jim Cor- Cornette would say, you're exposing the business and, and making us look like we're all weaker than cat piss. <laughs> He's a bad representative of wrestling in my opinion. He's not. I wouldn't be afraid of him. He got his – you're a UFC guy. Did you watch when he fought in the UFC? He got his I, yeah, ass – He got his ass kicked. Whooped. And then he comes back a couple of weeks ago, and everybody acts like they'd seen Michael Jackson or something. What the hell am I missing here? Well, I mean, yeah, the, the UFC and wrestling are two different worlds. I mean, he still has a huge following in wrestling, and it's just, you know, it's it's sort of comparable to, to basketball. You know, there's guys that, you know, the younger generation, you know, he's one of their guys. I, I think he became from, like – uh, didn't he come from like an an extreme wrestling type league? Where did he come from before he went to the WWE? Wasn't it, it was a different wrestling I, I association? Can't re- right? I can't remember. That was a, I can't remember ECW or something like that. Or he I might have. I, I, I didn't really know. know him until he got to the WWE. Anyways, we're not going to spend forever talking about. Sam I, Paul. I know, but but he's just a bad representative of wrestlers. Going that that's why they laughed when like uh, Diaz. Uh, not Nick, the other Nate one. Diaz. Nate Diaz, man. What, the good I, Diaz. I agree with him. I, I don't even like Nate Diaz, but what he said about CM Punk before he fought, what a joke it was. I agree with everything he said, man. It was a joke. Just yeah. bad representative of wrestlers. Get, because there are tough guys that probably could do that. Yeah. But he's just uh, shame shame on him, man. Like I, Brock Lesnar? I, I think Brock Lesnar's a bad a bad dude. I yeah. mean, I, you know, not selling he, him he short. Was, he was a heavyweight champ in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah, I just had to say something about CM Punk. It's <laughs> disgusting. Everybody loves it, too. People but, my age love it, too, man. Yeah. It, uh, whatever, man. Anyways. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so the next episode we did, uh, episode uh, four, uh, the first time we got to meet uh, our beloved Steve Levels, very close friend of the show. <laughs> our beloved. Yeah. That's your favorite guest, I, I could I could tell. I don't know if you have a favorite guest. I don't guest. know if he's my favorite guest, but I like the dude. You know, I, he's I, a good I guy. Him and I got him, him and I got along right from the jump, and uh, he was a good guy. I love love talking about football with that guy. Um, he's funny as hell. 
if if you've never seen his videos on on Facebook, he posts these videos on Facebook of him like dressed up as a woman in a wig playing basketball. It's hilarious. He actually looks better that way, I think, <laughs> because his head is bigger than mine and yours. <laughs> the dude is pretty big. No, yeah. I'm just I can say that about Steve. Steve knows me, man. But yeah, you guys talked about uh, we went over some like all NFL teams, kind of position oh, by position. Right. Yeah, and, I was trying and, to remember. You what, know, picked yeah, out like. Yep. Who's you know who's you know linebackers are good and running backs and all that kind of stuff. So it was a it was a cool football conversation. We got to learn a lot about Steve's uh, football background and him oh, playing yeah. semi pro football. And he was the real deal when yeah. it comes to that. You know, there's a lot of guys who will talk about their credentials and all that, and you know they're making shit up. No, his is all oh, that's true. He uh, he played semi pro up until he was I think like 44, 45, um, yeah. and and contributed. Yeah, I don't. I don't know his health status, but he looks like he could play right now. He takes he takes good care of himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he has a healthy relationship. Been married a long time. Got good kids. Good grandbabies. Lives yeah. in a nice area. And uh, Chuck Chuck Lawler, you need to hit up uh, Steve Levels. See if he still wants to play middle linebacker for you for the Flint <laughs> <for the> Fury. <laughs> he would be a good coach if he coached on that team. That's I know right. that. But yeah, Steve. Yeah, one of uh, I know we're going to talk about him later again. It, it's going to be a different conversation. Yeah, later he's, on he's one of the one of the guests we've had on multiple multiple times, and uh, the next time he's on is is uh, is hilarious. It's it's pretty funny. It's it's <laughs> kind of one of my to, who? to me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's one of those yeah. one of my favorites. It's hilarious to me now. I wasn't laughing so much that day. <laughs> now, to my credit, though, the NFL episode we did, I was. Trying to pick the best players available, which yeah. wasn't the case in a later episode. Yeah. But I did, I had a good team. My team was better. <laughs> so <laughs> the next episode we did, uh, first time uh, getting to meet Mike Fordham. Uh, Mike Fordham, former former uh, Flint Central uh, player, uh, former University of Illinois standout, um, and is the current director at Flint Cultural Center Academy yep. in Flint. Um, great guy. Uh, I never seen him play football, but he comes off to me as like a, a gentle giant, right? Like he'll bust your ass on the football field, but he's such a nice guy off off the field. Yes, um, I would. Let me see. As far as like high school goes, I would put him probably like in a Reggie White category, and I'm, let me explain what I mean by that. Like you just said, he's a very nice guy. His, his uh, speed, strength, uh, work ethic, uh, his know-how, his football know-how, the way he plays the game. If he was a mean person, like if he had a person, my personality, I guess. I'm just talking personality, nothing to do with that. If he was a or, mean. Or maybe like an LT personality. If he was a mean guy, like mean like, uh, let me see, who would be a good example? Like, uh, uh, like Deacon Jones, mean. They probably, or they're, they're Bill probably, Romanowski, mean. They would pro- His name came to mind, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's spitting somebody's face. I can't give him no shine for that. He's I'm, spitting somebody. That's can't the ultimate. Get much meaner than that. That's the that's the ultimate disrespect, man. Spitting somebody's face. But um, had he been like mean. There would have been some rules changed in high school in the MHSAA back then. He was he was that good, man. He was good. He's another guy. Uh, what I just said about Steve, what what he says about himself, he's he's telling the truth. He's not. If you didn't know who he was, 
might sound like, you know, he's jacking himself off, but he's not. <laughs> right. But he's not. He's he's everything that he says he is. I'm I'm glad. I knew you guys would get along. Yeah. Now now he was awful complimentary on you. We'll talk about that later. The last time he was here. Yeah. I'm gonna get on him on that later on. That's a later episode. Mike Mike and I kind of have a bromance going. I on. see that. I see that. <laughs> uh, yeah. We talked about uh, what did we talk? We talked about a lot of uh, college football stuff with Mike. We we went over some uh, you know obviously some Illinois Michigan. Stuff I, I believe we had some uh, some Illinois Michigan football clips in that show, um, and uh, yeah, we went over some like basically just like college, Illinois Michigan college football topics. Yeah, we went over some plays, some some you know high profile games and moments from those Michigan Illinois games back in the back in the nineties. Yeah, there was there was one game in particular that him and I talked about Illinois Michigan. Pretty sure it was 93. It's either 93 or 95. I get those years mixed up. But there was a game that they played at the big house. The Illinois running back, Ty Dothard, was just. Yep, um, yep. I remember that name. He looked like um, Adrian Peterson that day. Yeah. I mean, he was just, we couldn't, we couldn't stop that guy. He was just, and it was nothing really flashy. Their, their offensive line probably blocked the best game of their lives they were creating those avenues and he was just four yards here four yards here six yards here 12 yards here five yard gains just downhill every time he ran the ball we talked about that game a lot yeah well that's what when an offensive line can play good and open up big holes for the running back you can make average running backs look good and you can make good running backs look great yeah and uh i think i think that's pretty much the only game we talked about he talked about a couple of his teammates on there I can't remember. Did he? Kevin Hardy, I think, might have been on that team too. Kevin Hardy was Javon Curse. I got that is a name I get. Was he a, was he an Illinois guy? Javon Curse. Javon Curse. I don't think so. I get him and Ke- Kevin Hardy. I think was there. Kevin Hardy was one of their studs too. I apologize if, if Mason, Javon Curse. Mason, look up. Where did uh, Javon Curse go to college? Where did he play college football? And uh, if if we haven't said this, we haven't mentioned this yet, but. I don't know if anybody's wondering, and I'm here. Who's who's running things behind the computer back there? It's uh, my son Mason Hutchinson. He's uh, coming on, joining our team, um, kind of, you know, bringing him along, teaching him the ropes uh, behind the soundboard and the computer, and being our little Google master back there. Yeah, he doing a good job too. Yeah, say hello, Mason. Hello, <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> Dude, I mean, he looks. I wasn't sure, man. He he looks like he knows what he's doing. I mean, yeah. He's doing this and looking at the monitor. And well, he should. He spends enough time on his phone smile. and uh, on he's, the he's Xbox. Smi- he's been he's... smiling the whole time. First time I see him smile. I've known him two years now. <laughs> smiling. Looks like he's having fun back there. Right, right. He might be smiling because he could smell that pizza out there. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you come up with? Where'd he go to college? Uh, who was that? Javon Curse. Javon Curse. Yep. K-E-A-R-S-E. Man. Gotta be a little quicker than this, son. Well, he, eh, we won't spend. We don't gotta spend a whole bunch of time on no, Javon no. Curse. But Kevin Hardy, I think, was there. But anyway, Ty Dothard was the, the star of the game. Johnny Johnson, their quarterback, played a good game too. We just they, sometimes you just can't be denied, man. And right. that was their day. I'm pretty sure. Might have been. I think that was ninety three, ninety three or ninety five. I, I know that it's one of those two years. Because when we're on, the, when we did that actual episode, I gave the wrong year. 
Yeah. So whatever year that I said out of 93, 95, <laughs> it was the other one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and we did, uh, wow, man, I apologize. We skipped over a, a crucial episode. So that was episode six. We did that episode at Daisy Dukes. Uh, shout out to Gio at Daisy Dukes oh, for yeah. letting us come do shows there. We did many shows there. Yep. Uh, but the episode right before that, I can't believe I just skipped over this like this. Um, we did it at Fenner's Barbershop, right? Mm-hmm. Am I pronouncing that right? Fenner's? Yeah. Fenner's Barbershop. Is that, a, is that a hard name to pronounce? I was trying to remember. It wasn't hard to pronounce, but I, was, I wanted to make sure I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> we did it with uh, your good friend, longtime trainer, Rip Ross. That's the episode we just skipped over? We almost skipped that one? I did. I'm lucky you're not punching me in the face right now. But, uh, yeah. Elbow. Episode yeah, five. Definitely an elbow or something. Yeah. yeah Rip that, Ross. I, that, was my, that was my favorite episode, man. Uh, Rip, yeah. Rip was my trainer. Trained me when I met him when I was, uh, I just turned 16 years old. I met him at Lear's Gym on Davison Road. Do you remember Lear's Gym? Yep. Yep. Uh, I met him there. At that time, See, he was just working out there at the time. He didn't own a gym yet. He was, at that time, uh, pushing 50. And when he was 50, he was really like 25. And the stuff that I was doing with him, man, uh, not just when I met him there, but throughout like my lifetime, uh, he, he, has a, he has a way that he trains people. Um, what he likes to do is, first of all, he works out with me, so he's not a bully. So all this, like, Marine Corps stuff that he has me, he does it with me. So if he tells me to do a 1,000 of these and a 1,000, he does them too. Yeah. But what he does, he doesn't holler at you. He doesn't, like, scream and holler. What he does is he'll, like, like if you look like you're quitting – because he knows the difference, like, if you're doing a, a set of 25, if you're just quitting or if you physically don't have it in you, he can Like the difference between fatigue and quitting. Yes. Okay. If, if you quit, he'll just kind of just, like, look at Mason and just do that, and then he'll just tell you, just get, I'll get the rest of your reps for you. Let me do mine first, and then I'll get the rest makes of you yours. Makes you feel guilty. He plays that guilt card on you. He, he makes you look really, really stupid, man. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he taught me how to – Take care of my body. He tried to teach me how to eat right, but you know I don't. I don't eat right. <laughs> but uh, what what else did he show me? Taught me how to taught me how to you know throw hands. Yeah. Because when I was fifteen, I you know skinny and big big ears, big head, long neck. You know he showed me you know a few things. Taught me how to take care of myself. And uh, yeah, that was my favorite episode, man. To go down memory lane when we used to go to Southwestern Academy at four thirty in the morning on the soapbox derby. You, you know that yep. soapbox derby yep. off I of remember. 69? Oh, the Southwestern. Man, I, in the, all year round, not in thunderstorms. If it was thunderstorming, we didn't. But if it was snowing or 90 degrees out, it didn't matter. I had to, we were there three days a week. Walking up and down one time, jogging up and down, there and back, sprinting there and back, mm-hmm. and then skipping there and back. And then after that, you had to do the same thing, but you had to do it backwards. Walk backwards and then walk backwards back. And then everything I just said after that. This, once you get to the skipping where you got to skip backwards, 
that's when you start dry heaving and and uh, yep. you know throw not throwing up, but where you're kind of and you see that long spit coming out of your oh yeah 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 we I, I was paying a, a price for that. yeah Rip Rip was a very very interesting guy to meet and to talk to. Um, it makes sense what you said about how you know when he trained you he didn't yell at you he just you know because even talking to him for an hour right like you respect the guy completely right he just has this presence about him he's an old soul with this like he commands the room without saying very much right Mm -hmm. so if i would i can see that if he's training you you know he doesn't need to yell at you because you can just if you're quitting on him you can tell that he's disappointed and you respect him so much that that feeling that you're dis- you're disappointing the guy is going to push you to not quit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. He he would embarrass you, though, when you quit. Embarrassing you by just, like, looking at people and just, you know, I don't know why I waste my time with this guy. Right, but that's the thing. Like, you feel like he doesn't uh, – he's not going to yell at you. He's not going to scream in your face. He's going to motivate you by, like – not, I don't want to say dismissing, but like he's going to make you feel bad about quitting, but in a good way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not going to lay a heavy guilt trip on you, but he's going to be like, uh, uh, wasting my time on this kid. He's quitting. You're going to quit and eh, wasting my time. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was my, I think that'll always be my favorite episode. Okay. All I right. mean, we could have. You know, Floyd Mayweather Jr. on the show, Thomas Hearns, um, <laughs> But that'll still be your favorite Isaiah show. Thomas on the show. That's that's always going to be my yeah. favorite episode. And it was a cool place to do it too. We got to do it. Uh, you guys are sitting in the barber chairs in the barber shop, and we got to you know pull that together. I thought it was a very cool setup, and a very cool way to do it. Yeah, and Greg Fenner, by the way, a couple of weeks ago, we were acknowledging all the people that let us use their venues. We forgot to name Greg Fenner because I looked at it again. So I, I that's, that's on me. That's on me. I apologize for that. That's, a, that's exactly us, why yep. I wanted to get his name right. Yep, we used that venue twice because I did my solo interview there before the RIP one, and then, then we did the RIP one there. Yep, yep. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, the next episode we did, obviously, was Mike Fordham. The episode after that, episode seven, um, we did with uh, a young up-and-coming kid in the MMA world. Uh, his name is Adam The Truth Alexander. Yeah. You, want, you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh that's an interesting show. Uh, first, first off, I didn't know that he was fighting the same night Chris is fighting. On I October just found 9th. that myself. So we're, you know, I would love to have him here also. I don't know how. I don't know if him and Chris. I don't know what their relationship is, but, but um, that's an interesting, uh, interesting topic. I got criticized for that show, and, and it was nothing I took personally. You know, it's just. Somebody voicing their opinion. I can't remember. Honest to God, I can't remember where it came from. But I do remember getting criticized for that. Well, how come he didn't do this? How come he didn't do that? Well, you're asking him this and that. I, I can't remember where it came from. But um, we, we met him. That, that, that's the one we met at the Valley, right, where you and I met him for the first time? Yeah. Okay. Because I think you were on crutches at the time. Yeah, I was on crutches. I tore my PCL. We, we met him at the Genesee Valley. And uh, he's a good kid, and I can't wait to have him on the show again. And and you look at his progress in the last couple of years; he's a totally different. Just he's he's going to make it, man. That kid's going to make it. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, now, here's the <laughs> – and, and, again, I, am not, I didn't take it personally, the criticism I got, okay? But here's the, this is what I would say to anybody who would, like, criticize, like, that episode – First of all, it's hard enough to sit here like this and interview somebody you know and try to make a good episode out of it. That's hard enough. It might look like it's easy what we're doing. And, and it's not hard. It's not rocket science. Right. But, but you don't want to look like a fool up here either, okay? I am not an MMA person as far as, like, knowledge, okay? I, I'm not like you are. I know you're a big UFC MMA guy. I know a little bit. But... I was asked to, to interview him. I said, sure, would love to interview a kid like that. And I'm glad that I did. But on 24 hours notice, and then to interview him, and, you know, I did the best that I could. Uh, I, I would challenge anybody. Get a show. Get a studio. Interview somebody you don't know nothing about. Don't know their background. Don't know how old they are. Don't know where they came from. Have people watch your episode, okay, and, I, and, and get people to enjoy it. And when I say people, I'm talking about people you've never met. Of course, your family and friends are going to say, oh, yeah, great episode, you know. Try to get a following from, like, people you've never met and don't know who they are. I did the best I could on that one. Now, if I interviewed them again, it would be totally different because uh, I'm a little more knowledgeable on the, the MMA game. And... And I like uh, how hard that he's working. He's got a good attitude. He's got a great uh, team. I know that uh, I know Joe Stevenson is one of his trainers. Oh wow! And uh, Joe Stevenson from uh, Tough Fame, uh, Ultimate Fighter. Joe, Joe and Jamie were uh, big time boxers uh, back in the eighties. Here, uh, they were really super super good. But but Joey taught him how to strike. You know, like a boxer. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's got a good team. But I, I, I got a little flack for that. Nothing I took personally. I, can't, I, I wish I knew where it came from. I can't remember. But uh, I, didn't you, take it, I didn't take it personally. What but exactly I just had to, was the flack that you got? Like, what, what was the feedback? They just uh, didn't do a I good job? Told, you I didn't was, ask the right questions? Yes. Yeah. And maybe Fuck I that. didn't. Maybe I didn't. But, I, you know, I, it was on 24 hours notice, you know. Right. I was glad to do it, you know. Glad to do it. It's going to be those kinds of people. I tried to, you well, do. No, no, like, yeah, but, but, but just the like pers- you said, you try to do it. You do it. Well, I, think, I know, but, right? but I, didn't, I didn't take it personally. Uh, it wasn't yeah. a personal attack. I didn't take it as such. Because if it was, I would have remembered who it was. Right. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of clear my name on that. Because uh, I, I thought the interview went decent. I was, trying to, I was just trying to make him feel comfortable. I think we talked a little NBA stuff on there, which he probably wasn't that familiar with. But yeah. But it was it was it was good insight getting uh, you know getting some insight on, on the, like how he trains yeah. the teams that he trains with and just meeting the kid and just you know getting getting an introduction to him and finding out how he got into uh, you know MMA and um, I know he played football in high school and he's kind of been Steve Levels is kind of like yeah. a mentor to him yep. and uh, so just a really 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 nice kid um, and he was fighting for a while. Um, and I believe he won a fight. He got injured um, in a very long rehab. Um, and now he's gotten himself back into not only fighting shape, but I've seen him, you know, seen his picture on Facebook the other day. The dude is in looks like shape. Frank Sham- looks like Frank Shamrock. Now. Yeah. The dude is ripped. He's, he looks like he's 
rocked and ready to go uh, on October uh, 9th. If if he stays on the straight and narrow as far as, far as like just staying out of trouble, don't hang around, you know, riffraff, people that can take you down, I, I think the kid's going to make it. I, I never – look, I'm not an MMA guy, but I, I see a lot of the MMA stuff around here, the little whatever you call that stuff. Yeah. I'll tell you. I'm impressed with him. A lot of guys that do that because they, you know, they get in fights at the bar and they get street fight. They get in that cage and win a couple. I'm not impressed by none of that. I'm not saying I can whoop their asses. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just not impressed. You're not making me a fan of that sport. Adam makes me a fan and want to learn this stuff because because of his work ethic, man. And for him to be that young and that humble, just you know that just that shows you that he was brought up right. He had good mentors, good coaches. That kid's going to make it as long as he strays on the, you know, just keep doing things the way that you're doing them. Right. You talk about his work ethic. I'll tell you, he's, he posts some uh, videos on, on Facebook, on his uh, social media platforms. The dude has a heavy bag in his kitchen, and he's working that heavy bag on the ground in his kitchen at home, right? Like, that, that tells me, okay, this kid is really putting in the work and getting ready for this fight. How many other fighters you know are, like, going to leave the gym, go home at night, and be like, you know what? I'm going to toss a heavy bag down on the kitchen floor and, and uh, throw some elbows at it for, you know, 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however long he's doing it. That, that tells me that he's, he's putting in the work for this fight. I like that. I, I didn't know that he did that. I like, I like that. We're yep. gonna, we're, yeah, we're gonna talk to him yeah. soon. We'll That's, reach out to him. I've, I've said that to uh, my son Mason many times that he's played sports. I'm like, it doesn't stop it when practice ends. Like, if you want to get good, you want to be the best. You, you have to work outside of practice too. You got to work harder than everybody yeah. else. Yeah, Adam. Yeah, he. I would love to see him go to like, uh, like grade schools and talk to kids. Man, he, he's a good, he's a good example. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like a throwback, like an old school. Uh, I'm not saying kids today don't work hard, but he's kind of—he just kind of reminds me of people I grew up with and was around. Right. So yeah, I like that. Can't wait to have him back. Um, that episode we did at uh, at uh, um, Daisy Dukes. Daisy Dukes too. The next couple episodes we did at Daisy Dukes. Um, the next episode um, was a guy that uh, I had first met on the show. Um, good friend of your father's, uh, Jim McGrill. Oh yeah, yeah. I I wanted to. I knew that he was still around, and um, I appreciate you like agreeing to let me have him on there. Um, just, just somebody I liked and respected, man. I, well, I still do, obviously, but just somebody like when I was little. Him and my dad were playing fast pitch and going through all the towns, and and every time he came over to our house, every time I asked him to play catch, he always he always played catch with me, man. And and uh, his son Nick, you know, we're around, we're the same age, you know. We used to play and run around the ballpark, so. Yeah, I, just, I wanted to interview Jim. Jim looks good, by the way. Uh, still looks good. Um, career. He's like a, a career fast pitch softball player. He's played and he was a good hardball. Yeah, he was a good hardball player too. Yeah. One, one thing. One thing I remember about that episode, man. He said, oh, "I'm trying to think." Uh, I think he was talking about Notre Dame. I think he mentioned in, uh, visiting Notre Dame. Yep. And he said, <laughs> he said, oh, beautiful. I just, I loved it there, man. And uh, the landscape, and this is beautiful. It just, it looked like Canada. And then uh, I looked at you, I said, Canada? <laughs> I was like, that's a compliment to, to the song. <laughs> that looks like Canada. <laughs> no, no, I, I like Canada, man. I'm not, 
I was just having fun with that, man. Canada yeah. is a beautiful country. I'm not one of those American people that thinks that that uh, that we're just better than everybody. I like Canada, and I, that's the only country that I've been to outside the United States. I enjoy going there. It is a beautiful country. You've never been to your, your homeland south of the border? No. <laughs> no. I need my head. Yeah. Yeah, I need my head. Okay. You do all right down there, I think. Nobody's going um, to fuck with you down there. Well, I'd be able to handle those little... Those little short, ashy skin, you know, with my fists, I'd be able to. But them guys, man, there's 200 of them right. with machetes. I'm not getting near that. <laughs> not every place in Mexico is like that. Right? Oh, I know. I'm talking about them little dark-skinned, ashy Mexicans down there. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jim McGrill was an interesting conversation. It was, it was nice to, to have someone um, tell stories about Chop. You yeah. Know, unfortunately, Chop's not able to be here with us today, so... You know, what better than to have someone like that who who was on the road with your dad playing fast push softball all those years, you know, bringing up some cool stories about your dad. And and uh, it was it was a very interesting conversation. And it, and uh, it was good to and talk like, about some of that. And stuff. like I said, I appreciated you, you know, agreeing with it, because that episode was more was more for my benefit. You know, I, oh, wanted, yeah. I wanted to to have a fast pitch player on there. And that, that was yeah, that was fun. Good to see Jim. Yeah. Um. So the next episode we did was another kind of special episode. Uh, it was the first time, besides the the, the show where we interviewed you, um, we did a live show, um, and with Coach Joe Ufinger, um, we got together at the Flint Culture Center Academy. Um, we got some, we got some uh, old Central uh, football players to show up um, and actually have an audience and. You know, you had the coaching staff up there at the table and uh, did, you know, talked all about Coach Joe Ufinger, your guys' career and, and seasons at Central Michigan. It was, it was very cool. Yeah. Um, Purdue. He's a Purdue grad. Purdue grad. Where'd Central Michigan come from? Did I say Central Michigan? I, I, think I said I, Central football, Central High school, oh, okay. Central High okay, School. Okay, that's what you meant to say. When I say Central on the show, I'm referring to okay. s- to Cent- Flint Central High School. I thought that you might have got thrown off because Pat Cavett was there, and he had his Central Michigan gear on, oh, no, and no, he's no, the one who no. helped you when the when the microphone collapsed on us. No. I, I, think, I, I think I think everybody knows when we say Central on this <laughs> okay. show, we're referring to Flint Central okay. High School. I think you said Central Michigan, though. I think I, think, I almost did, but oh, I apologize if I did. Yeah, don't do it again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um. I'm going to try to make this real short because I could go on and on and on talking about not just Coach Ufinger, but all the coaches that were there. My JV coaches were there, too. Everybody showed up that I asked to show up. But that was a fun, that was a fun episode. Like you said, we did it live. Um, the Flint Cultural Center Academy had just opened up, what, a year prior, maybe a couple months prior. Brand new building. Mike Fordham yeah. was a big hand in uh, helping us get that room. Had a nice little audience there. We had players from – from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s there. And um, I loved hearing uh, the details about um, when he wrestled Victor the Bear. Yeah, and I was going to say, the dude wrestled the bear, Jackie Moon style. Yeah, but but he wrestled Victor. The, I didn't know that it was Victor till that day. I just thought he beat like a bear, like a regular bear. But uh, Victor the Bear was like, that bear used to travel and wrestle like professional wrestlers. Like, you know, wrestlers that wear the masks and all that. That was a big time bear that he pinned and uh it was fun to hear that story uh it was good to see a lot of the guys there steve levels was there too um uh it, the, the speech at the end 
was probably my favorite part, man. He did that little. Now we, him and I, planned that. Yeah, I, I. That gave me goosebumps. By the way, I, I asked him uh, like a week before that if he would give us a pregame speech. I told him that I was going to go sit in the crowd with my players, teammates, or whatever. I said I'm going to have bring all the coaches up here and uh, just give us a speech, getting ready for it. that. To hear that voice, the way that he was doing it, and how he sounded, how deep that. Oh man, that just. I listen to that all the time because there's a short YouTube clip. I think Randy Scott put in there. It's like two minutes, two and a half minutes. I listen to that all the time when I'm on the road. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, – Yeah, guys like that. You, you just flip the switch and go right back into coach mode and get you fired up to do whatever you need to do. Yeah, when my, when my uh, dad passed away, um, let me see, at the Rosary, which was a day before the actual funeral, that funeral home, not just the room, the hall – there were people lined up outside. There were so many people there. And when it was me and my sisters and my mom were at the podium, it, my mom, I think my mom was talking. My mom was talking and me and my sisters went up there. So we're up there and it's just full of people there, family and friends. The one person that stood out was coach. Coach was like sitting over there. He's like third row sitting right there at the end. And I waved to him. Out of all the people that were there, I waved to him. And uh, I felt happy when I was, was up there. I wasn't really sad. I was just happy that he was there. Caught me by surprise. So that will go down as my all-time favorite memory coach when I seen him at my dad's funeral. I, I can't stress enough how much I appreciate that. He was there for me. Yeah, really great guy. Yep. Glad you got great, to glad Great you got coach, to great guy. Yep. So yeah. What you got next? Uh, the next episode we did, uh, back to uh, uh, Daisy Dukes, was uh, your good friend uh, George Miller. First time we were introduced to Boogie, one yep. of the Miller brothers. You know, Marcellus was in the crowd, but we were talking to George. Uh, tell us about George Miller. We laugh about, me and him laugh about this, what I'm about to say now. Uh, he, he didn't like me a whole None of them guys liked me a whole lot when they first met me. He, he'll say that he, no, nah, I wasn't like that, but trust me, it was like that. It was summer basketball, 1991. Okay, I was going into the ninth grade. I didn't know any of these guys, none of them. And um, we were at the field house at Central Practice. It was my first practice, first week of practice. And I was used to, like, like when I was in grade school, you know, being the man there because I was taller than everybody, more athletic, this and that. When I, the summer basketball, playing with these guys, that was a totally different uh, planet because uh, I just remember running. Somebody threw an alley to somebody. I jumped, and uh, I got skeeted on so damn hard, man. <laughs> uh, it took an hour to wipe that off my face, man. But, but yeah, man, I uh, – George, man, I, I always liked George. I, I like I liked his personality. I liked the way he talked. I thought he was cool, man. And uh, throughout high school, we started. We, we became close, you know, as the years went on. High school, but when I first got there, if he if he were to tell you with a straight face, oh, I liked Ray when I first met him, he'd be lying. He didn't like <laughs> his dad. Now, now his dad, on the other hand, Big George, yeah, coolest guy ever. He was always the loudest person in the crowd. Not not using profanity or nothing like that. He was just you know the way that he cheered for his team. He didn't just cheer for his boys. He cheered for the team. He was very loud. Now, he, him and my dad got along really well. Um, and Big George was always nice to me. He kind of knew that 
that I was like in a different environment and I had to adapt. And he, he made me feel better. I got along with his dad really well right off the bat. Still do. I wish I could see him someday. But, but yeah, George, now, now he hit a game when we were playing Northern in 90, the four, 94, which was George's senior year. And he's known for hitting that, that dagger, that free throw at the end to, to beat, beat Northern. Beat Northern. Northern won a state title the next year. But, yeah, and, and uh, Antonio Smith. And, yep. I was going to say, got in his face. Well, tried, well what happened? <laughs> almost started it's some on stuff. Fi- it's on film. It's on film. Antonio got mad. He uh, took his jersey off and was going after people. And then, but his brother Robert is on the team now. Robert is somebody you got to worry about. Yeah, like if if a riot would have broke out, uh, I, I wouldn't have worried about like a lot of the guys on that northern team. Robert, when when he starts like you know going through piles, that's somebody you got to worry. You need a couple guys to handle yeah. him. But but yeah, uh, it was yeah. just uh, you know we won the game fair and square. Somebody you know there were people throwing chairs. Looked like a looked like a, a wrestling match. Just you know? mad, just mad that George beat him. George put a dagger in him, and uh, the. There was already a lot of police there anyway because back in those days when, when Flint schools played each other in, in basketball, uh, the JV games were at 1 o'clock and the varsity game followed. We, they never played games at night when it was the Flint schools because somebody had got uh, killed at the planetarium during a Central and Northwestern uh, night game. That was like in 89 or 90. And then since then they were playing uh, our basketball games early in the afternoon. But yeah, George put a dagger in him, and that—that's what he's known for as as far as like high school. Put, yeah. put a dagger in him. Yeah, it was nice. Game of the week. Yeah, and uh, he went on to play um, college basketball. Um, the Campbell. name Campbell yeah. Campbell University. University. Yep. yep, yep. He was a standout at Campbell University. Uh, very knowledgeable about the game of basketball. George is. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you can get into debates, some good debates with George Miller. He's, he he oh, knows yeah. his shit. Yeah. Uh, big Michigan fan. Uh, another guy that agrees with me on Kareem being the best because yep. he is the best. And uh, good, he's just from him and his brother. They're just from a good family, you know, from their parents, their grandparents. Um, they're just from a they're from a good family. Yep. So yeah, me and yep. George, we're he's <laughs> one of my closest friends now, but. Uh, he, I think he kind of treated me like I was beneath him when I first met him, like when I was 13, 14 yeah. years old. But, yeah, good guy. Nice guy. Very knowledgeable <laughs> about the game of basketball. Yeah, George, you know, never in any trouble. You know, just kind of like Adam. You know, just a just a straight edge, good good person. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, Yeah, we'd love to have George back sometime, too, when he's in town. Yeah, yep, definitely will. Uh, the next episode, we got to do a show at uh, Sharky's. Uh, Barn Grill here in uh, Burton, and uh, with our very own Fred Jackson, Boo, as you call him, we everybody calls everybody him calls now. him Boo. Yeah, that word means something different now. That was that was his name when he was growing up. That's what we called him. Uh, I never called him Fred in high school. I never one time. Nobody did. Boo's his name. <laughs> Boo, Boo and D'Angelo Mitchell. That's, where where did he get that nickname? I don't know. Uh, I never asked him that. Uh, just when I when he was our quarterback, uh, we were on the JVs together. <laughs> that was his name. Never, I never asked. Like I said, Boo, Boo means something different now, but yeah. that's been his name for forty five years. All right. Yeah, we talked a lot. Uh, I think that was a it was a very. Uh, um, that was a well orchestrated. 
that was at that point. That was what was that episode number nine, ten, or whatever. To that point, episode eleven. That was the like the most like well rounded, as far as the three of us, the the, the subjects we were talking about, the the flow. Yep, um, That's exactly. What I was going to say did a, it was you a did very a real versatile good, show. You did a good job on the setup, even though <laughs> we'll, on, we'll get to that. Okay, okay, <laughs> we'll okay. You did a good job on the setup, but no, that and that was the episode where we did the cut one. Or one has to leave the room. Yeah, Ken we Griffey did. Jr. We did. Yeah, you had to. You have to cut one. You have to release one of these guys, and it was. Who, and we were. And we were going nineteen nineties only. So if yeah. they played like an eighty eight, eighty nine, or in two thousand, that don't count. Nineties only. Roy Jones Jr., Michael Jordan, Barry Sanders, and Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. were the which, were the guys. Which one you were going to cut? Which one you had to say? Yeah, had to leave the room. room. Yeah, get room. out of here. Yeah, the, the, the three of you guys can stay. You're on the team. You you got to go. Who are you telling to go? I can't yeah. remember who I. I know that I know that the three of us we left Barry and Michael alone. I know I know that. Yeah, yeah. But between Griffey and Roy Jones, two of us cut one of them. And I think I want to say I thought you and I did the same. I thought I thought I think if I recall, I think I cut Ken Griffey because I said the the other three guys are just they were at the top of their game. They were they were doing it the best. By, by far the best in their sport, right? With Barry Sanders, Michael Jordan, Roy Jones Jr. being the best pound-for-pound pound boxer in the world at that time. And Michael, I was like... Michael Jordan was the best pound-for-pound pound boxer at the time? Did I, did I just say that? Roy <laughs> Jones Jr. was the best pound-for-pound <laughs> pound pound boxer. Michael Jordan was the best pound-for-pound. Oh pound. He loves Michael Jordan so much, now he's the best boxer in the world. Now, go ahead, man. I just, I just rewatched the last dance, so I got Michael Jordan on the brain. Ugh. You watched uh, it again? I watched it again. Oh my We're God. not going to start on that right now. Um, okay. Why don't we do this one time? Why don't we do a, a watch along and watch that documentary or something sometime? Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. But uh, anyways, yes, Roy, I cut Ken Griffey Jr. because I thought Roy Jones Jr. was at the time the best pom for my box. And obviously, Jordan and Barry, they're the goats in their perspective positions. So I... Uh, I left them alone. But, yeah, we, we, we talked about a lot of different things on that show. We talked some football. We talked some basketball. We yeah. talked about uh, Fred's dad's uh, coaching career at the University yeah. of Michigan, being yep. a running backs coach, Fred, yep. Fred Jackson Sr. Yep. Um, we talked about his brother Josh, Josh Jackson's yep. Josh career Jackson. at the University of Maryland, yep. uh, being their starting quarterback. Uh, yeah, we, we had a well-rounded show. Um, everything was going well until, until a fan walked in. Or until a spectator walked in, I should say. If you're gonna if you're gonna bring that up, you got to tell the whole story. Okay, how the day started. Okay. Talk about before. Just tell them what gonna, I said. I'm gonna tell the story. All so right. the story is before the show, we're gonna do it at Sharkies, and Ray had always been hesitant about doing a show at Sharkies. I think because it was so wide open air. I don't, I don't know, but Ray's like, okay, we'll do the show there, but try to get a space in the back, either in the game room or the banquet room or whatever. Couldn't get the banquet room because they had a party booked. Obviously, they always had party books there. And I'm, I'm scoping out the game room. And I was like, man, this is not a good spot to do it back here. The you know, lighting set up, you know, there's shit, all kinds of games and shit in the background. And I was like, this is not a good spot. So I picked out a spot that was a perfect spot along the wall next to the fireplace. Um, I think at the time it had like a Jim Duhart jersey hanging yeah, there on the wall, right? right? Yeah. 
they had really nice tables with their logo on them. Like, yep. this is this is a great setup. It's perfect, right? We're going to just do this. I'll deal with Ray when he gets here. Ray shows up. It's like, oh, what the fuck? I told you. I told you I didn't want to do it out here. I told you I want to do it in the back. And yeah. I was like, man, we just can't do it in the yeah. back. I, I, worded, not, I worded it a lot differently. but yeah. right? You were a little harsher than that. Oh, you, you were being a little bit of a diva. But anyways. I was. <laughs> so, I was. So we set up. We're doing the show. Everything is going good. And. The table, so it's next to the fireplace, and next to that on the other side of Fred is the the entrance to go back into the game room. So you come in the front door and immediately, you know, do a, a UE left, and you're going in the door back to the game room. So we're doing this show, and everything's going good, and some dude just walked in. I think he was there for a party or whatever. He walked in, saw what we were doing, was kind of curious, you know, kind of caught off guard. So every day you walk into a restaurant or a bar like that, and, you know, people set up doing a, a, a show or a podcast or something. And he just stood there and looked, right? And uh, Ray, I had always told Ray, I was like, just, you just gotta, you gotta forget about what's going on outside of the table, right? Just keep doing business as usual. And Ray stopped and looked at this guy and was like, what the fuck are you looking at? He was too close to Fred. You think he was too close to Fred. Your perspective was a little off. Like, he was, he was a good uh, six feet. Or more away from Fred. And, and that was only because of the proximity of the entrance, or the table to the entrance. And he, he looked, I think he felt closer to you than he actually was. He was, he was close was, enough to get Fred to do this for a quick second, where it just kind of looked like that. He was close enough to get a reaction out of Fred. Now, yeah. granted, it wasn't the kind of reaction I had. <laughs> this is Okay, look, this is what I worry about when I'm at places like that. But I had my eyeballs on him. I saw him. I, I scoped him out. The, the, okay. The, this is why I get hot about like guys like that. First of all, I don't really like to go to the bars anymore. I don't. If if I do go to the bar, it's you know mid afternoon, late afternoon, you know, or if if a friend is in town or whatever, that might be different. I, I don't I don't go to bars anymore. I, I don't have the tolerance for young people. I don't like young people. I hate every one of them. <laughs> I hate people in their twenties. Okay, now. I don't want to be like, I don't want to get like irritated with some 28 year old kid that's in shape, tough, that could probably kick my ass. Cause I'm not, you know, I'm not suggesting I was a tough guy when I was younger, but I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, I'm not who I was 20 years ago. I'm good, you know, I'm good for about 35 seconds, okay? <laughs> After that, he's the kind of guy that, if he was disrespecting our show and pissed me off, I, I promise you I would take a mug, <laughs> hit him over the head with it, and then I would start cutting him with it because I would have to because I really don't want to fight big, young, tough guys. You know what I'm saying? I'm not naive. I'm not one of those 44-year-olds that thinks they, just because I'm from a tough area that I can whoop everybody's ass. It ain't like that no more. I'm yeah. not that guy no more. That's in the rearview mirror, man. But someone like that, that's that, he's the key reason, and I told you that that was going to happen before the show started. That is a perfect example why I don't go to the bars anymore. I hate young people. I hate them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you assumed he was there for harm, but he was literally just curious. He was just curious about what was going on. Okay, but it made, be it curious made, over there. But it created. It Don't created be curious like right here. <laughs> you see, this is the scenario that it created when it happened. You like got so upset, and it, it created. It was a really funny moment. It, it was an editing nightmare for me, but it was <laughs> was a really funny moment in the show. 
everybody, look, every man has that like imaginary line that's always there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mine is extended a little further than like other folks. Like, like, you know, you're a nice guy, you know, you got a high tolerance level. I know you can handle yourself. You know, someone would really have to piss you off or get way too close for you to do something. Yeah. For me, if you're sitting over there, you know, running your dick suckers over there, as, as soon as you walk anywhere near here, I'm getting up. I'm throwing the first punch. I'll take what I got coming after that. Okay? <laughs> yeah. do, what, do what you want to me. I'm going to throw the first punch. That could have happened to that kid that day. It could have. It could have, yeah. And it happened, it happened one more time uh, when we were at Daisy Dukes. I think, <laughs> I, think it was, uh, I think it was when we had Jason Turner on. <laughs> Let me explain uh, that one. That's we'll, that's a couple episodes later. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that one. I you, forgot about that. Go ahead. That you one. could. You could. No, we'll, we'll wait till we. Get, <laughs> I forgot talk about, about it. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Times. Everything I just said, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not. That's not tough guy stuff. Okay, I'm not a tough person anymore. However, if I'm pissed, if it's got to be me or you, it ain't gonna be me. Right. Okay. Because I'll, I'll I'll hit you. Behind your back with something when you're not looking. I'm I'm like that. That's why my whole family. Oh yeah, the cheap shot. Oh, you know, cheap shot. Oh, cheap shot. It's gonna be me or you. I'm gonna do my best to make sure that it ain't me. So if, when I'm doing an interview with somebody, like them hobos out there when we first got in here. Yeah. You know, I say, hey man, everything all right? You guys all right? You know, oh yeah, you from the machine shop? It's not. I ain't from no damn machine. I don't listen to that rock and roll, heavy metal shit. No. So I'm getting yeah. ready to go in here. We showed up to the studio. That's today. how I am, man. I'm protective of, over my studio, man. A couple of riffraffs hanging outside. Yeah. We had to show oh, yeah. them away. Yeah. yeah. Had to walk my old lady to her car to go pick the pizza up just to make sure that these fools don't rob her out here. So, yeah. That's just the way I am around people. If it's going to yeah. be me or you... I, I always got a foreign object or something. I'm, I'm going to hit you with something. Hey, my drill sergeants in the Army used to say there's two types of people, the quick and the dead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to get injured. I don't like getting hurt. No, nobody does. Yeah. I certainly don't want to fight anybody anymore. You know, I'm good <laughs> right. for 30 After that 30 seconds, man, I'm shit. too old for that shit. Oh, I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> I could fight some fat fuck that's 50 or something, but no, not no young person. Uh, all right. Moving on. The next episode we did was, uh, again, we had, we had Steve Levels on, um, and we were at the Clio Roadhouse. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, forgive us for the lighting issues of that episode. Uh, it, was just, it just wasn't great space. And yeah, that's we, the one I had to do with my glasses off. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Had to, we had to get this little light to try to light up the space. And it was, yeah, it was, God, you we, guys were Forgive us. You guys we, was getting had, under my skin. Some, that that was a fun pace. episode, but, man, you guys was, both of you guys was just... Okay. Double teaming the shit out of me so all gonna, day. Okay, let's 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 explain the scenario of what happened on that show. So we had Steve Levels on, and it, with the premise of the show was because Steve Levels is a big Ohio State guy. We're going to say, Ray, you pick your ultimate Michigan football team, position by position. That wasn't the premise. Go ahead. Oh, and Steve, you pick your best players. Pick your best players. Pick your best players, and we're going to see who who wins pick by pick right like who's got the better positional group right that, that Time was out. supposed to be the no, no 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 i didn't know that you were judging them until the show started i didn't know that before the show well the judging each position group that was kind of something just it's happened on the fly it wasn't it wasn't meant to be like you, you had the better picks you had a bigger picks like what positional group is better i that was something i came up with on the fly just to kind of make it a little bit more entertaining to say well your position group is a little bit better than that position group. You know, who's winning the 
position group battle, basically. So, on that premise, I think Ray didn't... Uh, Ray was... Ray's picks, great names, great names. But halfway, about halfway through the show, Steve and I are looking at him and kind of poking fun at him a little bit, razzing him, giving him a hard time. Excuse me. Um, because, like, man, like I keep he keeps bringing up these names and like looking at lists. I'm like, Ray, this this guy's not even in, in the top ten uh, at that position for Michigan. Like, how how is he your best pick? Like. Michael Taylor is a guy that came to mind, okay? Michael Taylor won a lot. I go by wins and losses when it comes to the quarterback position or, or anything, okay? Now, when we're talking about Michael Jordan all the time, you guys want to harp on them goddamn six championships all the fucking time. I got to hear, okay? When it comes to the quarterback position in college, yes, Michael Taylor is not the sexiest name. Now, now, if you mention that name in front of Jay Green, Michael Taylor, he would agree with me. You guys were getting on my case because you didn't know who a couple of the guys are. Oh, here goes Ray, talking with his heart again. Both of you guys with that deep-ass voice, robot voices of yours. Oh, there goes Ray again. And uh, you guys were killing me that day. Both, and you guys, were having fun, you guys were having fun doing it. And the more I was getting pissed, the more you guys would poke and poke and poke. <laughs> You guys want to see Ray lose his shit. You go back and watch episode 12, and you, you're going to see some very true emotions from Ray because he was not liking the fact that Ray and I were poking the bear, oh and uh, he was getting upset. But uh, it was fun nonetheless, and, and just to give you shit. And, yeah, yeah, they were names that we didn't know, but we're like, Ray, the point was to, like, put your best foot forward with the guys that you're picking. And, yeah, they're great guys. They played, you know, great careers, but – like we talked about, like you know, guys are like you know, quarterbacks with just better overall statistical numbers. You know, right. like the Chad Hennies, the Brian Greasies, the you know those guys. You know, um, so yeah, that was a, that was a very fun episode. wasn't wasn't lit well, but it was very fun to do, uh, and uh, it, it it still makes me laugh to this day. Any anytime you have Steve on the show, it's going to be a fun episode because he his personality is like ours, but. Oh yeah, that uh, now something happened at the end there. Um, still, <laughs> oh, here we go. Steve had to go; he had to cut out. I think uh, I don't know. Somebody was calling him. Say, hey, get on, you know. And he left, and his I don't know what he was drinking, man. Steve, he's drinking some look uh, latte, cold coffee, rum, some drinking. You know, his pinky up. Well, he had to bolt out of here, and his drink didn't get paid for. Was he drinking, like, coffee and Irish cream or something like that? I don't know, man. I don't know. When I'm at the bar, man, just get you a Bud Light or something. Get you a man's drink. I don't know what he He had his pinky up, too, drinking <laughs> that Ohio State shirt on. But the drink didn't get paid for. And the, the waitress, you know, we, we were being nice to her throughout the show because she kept cutting in, and we didn't care. We were being nice to her. Man, she... Called Steve up on the phone. So yeah, that big guy, the one to sit next to you, he said he ain't paying for your drinking. This cursing me and cursing my name in front of Steve. And I mean, there, there was two of us there. You didn't yeah. pay. You didn't pay for it either. Yeah. Well, I assumed. <laughs> I assumed when Steve left, he paid his tab. You know, he like he went over, paid his tab, and left because we we continued, I think, to do the show for a little bit, and uh, we just assumed that he, you know. Paid his bill when he left. I, I had no idea. If I'd known he didn't pay, I would have certainly picked up his drinks. Now, getting back to the the what the show was about, 
I don't know who won that battle because I made like a late comeback where you were like picking my teams like for quite a bit there. I think it was kind of even. I would say we I would score that even because in the in the early going, you guys didn't know you know Tony Bowles and uh, Michael Taylor and Leroy Horde and all them. So I was getting ripped apart, but I, I made a late comeback. So I, I would I would call it, I won the NFL one when we did the NFL show. Yeah. But the yeah. Michigan Ohio State one, I mean, I, I, if I can recall, I think it was pretty, I think it was pretty even. But I think at the time when we did the show, I think we we gave the slight edge to Steve's picks just because he had some guys. He was picking them guys that were you know a little more successful, a little bit higher on the step sheet, you know, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um. Now I told him before the show, I said I'm not going to use Charles Woodson because that's just too obvious, and that's it's just that's an automatic win. I don't need two other, three other picks. But, but I'll that, just have Woodson only. But then I think I made. I, I wanted to make I, it more fair. I think I razzed you a little bit too by saying, "Well, like, well, why not? If you got the ace in the hole, play it. You know what I mean? Like poker put poker play wouldn't, you know, keep back his best card. You, you know, you yeah. know he he lay out that ace in the hole and 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 win hands down." Yeah, um, the two. Let me see. When his running backs, uh, Archie Griffin and Eddie George, can't argue I, with that. Can't argue with that. Now, I mean, Michigan, we got a lot of great running backs. No, oh, yeah. no question about that. Hall of Famers, but Mike Hart, Tyrone Wheatley, yeah, um, Jamie Morris, yep, Harlan Huckleby. Just goes down the, down the list, man. But yeah, when he said those two, that might have been the best pair of his picks. Yeah. Yeah, good, that was a good show. I can laugh about it now. I wasn't laughing during the show. Though. Yeah, people, yeah. If anybody wanted to laugh, laughing. they should watch that. And then I told you not to bring Harbaugh up before the show. And what, what do you do? First two minutes, you bring Harbaugh. You start talking about Jim Harbaugh on there. We're not going to talk about him now, though. No, no. It's, so a, I, it's almost game to next I know, week. I know all your triggers. Next week, you know, I got to toe the line, as Steve says. Go ahead, toe the line. And uh, so we'll we'll see what he does this year. It's a clean slate okay. again. All right, so our next show, uh, back to Daisy Dukes, and we were uh, we were with Jason Turner. Yeah, a uh, classmate of mine uh, from the famous Turner family is, is uh, Father Cliff Turner, legendary coach in our, our parts, mentor. Eric Turner, a lot of people will say the, the best Flint player ever. There's a lot of guys that you could put at that table as far as, you know, greatest Flint players. Eric Turner is always on the list at the, at the discussion table. So he's from, like, uh, basketball royalty in our area. Now, we had, another, we had another situation that day with some other guy. Yeah. I'll explain that one. Talking to Jay. Talking to – okay, let's say this is Jason Turner, the guy we're talking about. And, and Dan is right there. Talking to him. Now, this is like the fifth or sixth show we've done there at that time. Yep. Somewhere, something like that. Yep. This guy comes in that we see there every week, DJ. Now, it's now granted, it's like 1130 in the morning, okay? It ain't like we're doing our podcast show at 1030 at night where it's crowded and then the DJ's there. And we're up on the stage slash dance floor of the place. We're up on the stage. We're over there. The DJ shit is over here. Booth is over here. He comes in here with all this luggage and carrying all this crap. And he's looking, he's looking at us. I, I couldn't take it no more. I took that shit at Sharky's. I couldn't take it. I said, what are you looking at? I said, what are, you, what are you looking at? I said, we're here every day. I said, we're going to be here an hour. I said, put your DJ shit over there. Just go. I said, time out. I said, Dan, time out. It was like I you. said, just put your shit down. I said, we're here every day. It's 1130 in the morning. We ain't, we're not interfering with your DJ shit. 
Put your shit down. We'll be done in a minute. And just mosey on someplace. Go get you a drink. Get you a hamburger. Don't worry about what we're doing over here. That happened that day. Dan had to edit all that stuff out, which I told him not to. I, said, yeah. I get tired of these fools in here. You see us and you know what we're doing in here. What? We got microphones here. I got a headset on. Dan's got all his turntable shit over there. What's it look like? We're doing an interview here. That's what happened with that guy. I'm not now. If that would have happened a third time later down the road, some somebody the three strikes, man, and you're out. <laughs> Feel bad for that third guy. Oh man, that's why I'm glad we're here. Right. That's that's that is a big plus about having our own space now, so we don't have to worry about those outside interferences. Yeah, except for these hobos that are out there sitting there right now. Yeah, but they can't come in here, so they and, they, and I, I wish they would because that'd be very entertaining to see on camera you punching a hobo out. Or a homeless person. They can they can come in here, but they ain't gonna. They're not gonna leave the building. They won't be. They won't leave the building. <laughs> not when, awake when we, anyway. When we leave, they'll still be in here. I'm not now because I'm gonna take that as a threat. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But but uh, yeah. The, but no, Jason. Though one, you know, another thing about Jason, he did mention his uh, uh Belleville. Uh, he runs a an AAU, a very successful youth AAU basketball yep. program, the Trailblazers, the the Bell, the Michigan Trailblazers, what they're called. Yep, and they're based out of Belleville. And with his, with with JT's knowledge of the game, and another guy, you know, good upbringing, uh, brought up the right way, good grades, good student. You know, went to the University of Toledo. Uh, not a better mentor than JT. So, yeah. and it was uh, icy that day. He had to. He drove in like sleet, where he had to be careful. So I appreciated him making that trip, driving all that way in bad weather. Yeah, yeah. Be, yeah, yeah. Because most, you know, most guys, and I would have understood. You know, most guys, ah, I can't make it today, man. It's just too dangerous. And, and I would have understood that if they yeah. would have said that. But JT still came out there, and yep, yeah. uh, my classmate, good, good episode. I had fun with him. All right. Um, next show we did, um, we went to uh, a place that's kind of special. Near and dear to your heart at Luigi's. Um, and we interviewed uh, Chris Piliopoulos. Yes. The Mad Greek. The Mad um, Greek. And it was uh, right before uh, one of his fights. Um, can't recall the name of the fellow that he fought. Some short, fat guy. I can't remember the <laughs> name of him either. But uh, we had Chris on. Uh, remember, Vince was at the table with you guys. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. Vince was training at the time. Uh, I think a great I, show. Chris had a lot of lot of I think a lot Vince, of people show up to watch the show. I think Vince was his uh, nutrition nutritionist specialist guy. He had yeah. him eating right. Yeah, because I you know I was just ribbing him for a second. I you know had a Luigi's pizza, had a big piece of pizza, and I gave him a plate. And um, Chris didn't find the humor in that. Neither did Vince. Yeah. So right. par- pardon me, excuse me, but. But yeah, Chris was a little more serious. Chris is going to be here in a couple of weeks, and uh, I'm definitely going to make fun of him when he's here. <laughs> he's going to make fun of me too, right? But, but that was an interesting show. Uh, it was it sort of had that uh, you know pre-fight uh, hype kind of feel, you know, because he was getting ready to fight, and I think he was in you know fight mode, intimidation mode. You know, he you know just getting himself psyched up for the fight. Um, and uh, it, it was it was a good time, especially being at Luigi's. Yeah, uh, I had a good time. Um, he uh, Chris is the one that set all that up with uh, Tom Bobian, and uh, like you said, we had a nice little audience there. And uh, I just uh, those are those are fun shows to do, or shows like that. I think those were one of our last episodes before uh, we kind of put the show on ice for a little bit. But 
Yeah, that was that was fun. I'm looking forward to having Chris back again. I know he's fighting October 9th in Lansing. Is yep. that right? Yep. Lansing. And, uh, you know, we're one of his sponsors. I appreciate him putting our logo on his banner. And, uh, yeah, definitely look forward to having him, him on here. Yeah, I think we plan on being at the fight as well. I might kick his ass. <laughs> um, seriously, I might kick his ass. After, after he's fought? No, I'll do it. No, on film. <laughs> I don't want this on film. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. When we had uh, we went back to uh, Davidson Hotel for episode fifteen, and we had, uh, we had Jay Green and Judson Anderson on the show. The tournament bracket. The tournament bracket. Ray had this idea. Let's say let's take let's take some of the all the the greatest teams in the history of NBA, put them in a bracket, and and discuss each one, and let's see who wins. Uh, yeah. Um. What, 16 teams there were? Yep, we had 16 yeah, teams. Yeah, it was, you know, there's – basically those were like my top six, like my personal top 16 because usually when you see a bracket like that, it's usually in the best interest of the person who did the bracket. So that was my personal 16, but there might have been other great teams too. But um, the uh, – 96 Bulls, I think, won that. Yes, I did. don't agree with. But majority rules. Uh, they, they, You guys voted Michael, and uh, I think my bad boys made it to the, to the final four. Yep. And, I, and we, we lost to Chicago. It, it came down. Let me see. No. I'm trying to recall. I knew. Okay, here's the, the, when the 96 Bulls and the 89 Pistons played. You already knew who I was going to pick, and I already knew who Judd was going to pick. So I wanted to make Jay the deciding voter. I think that's how we did it. But yeah. Um. Now, like I said last week, I've never said the '89 Pistons were the best team of all time. I never said that. I think they're top five in a single season. Just talk a single season dominance. Mm-hmm. I would say top five. But um, if you look at the teams that we were beating. Um, on our road to the championship, who's to say that we wouldn't be able to beat those 96 Bulls? You know, because we had the better Rodman. You guys had the more popular Rodman. Rodman was more popular in Chicago than he was in Detroit. Rodman was a way better basketball player with us. Psychology, his rebounds were higher, his points were higher. Um, he, uh, he, he could run like a deer, jump out of the gym. We had the better Rodman. And then, and then, like, you know, Rodman being Chicago's enforcer in '96, we, I mean, we had Mahorn and Lambeer as, you know, enfor- our enforcers. Then you, had, you know, Rodman learning. Our bench was superb. I, I really, I don't know, man. I don't think it's that obvious. But I, well, here's what I say about that. First of all, you know, Rodman was bigger in '96. I mean, physical size. Right? Yeah, he bigger. Yeah, put on more muscle. He was he was way crazier, right? So. Big, crazy, dyed-haired worm versus g- great rebounding, kind of still mentally there, skinnier worm. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. It, like he did you did you that, see what he used to do to Scottie Pippen back in those days? In yeah, the- yeah, you know, I did, I did. But you know what? Ninety-six De- Dennis Rodman lacked off in in rebound totals. He got in your head he psychologically, got, psychologically yeah. that was one of his superpowers on that team who taught him that who taught him how to do that phil jackson oh, hell no are you kidding you're joking right okay 
Mahorn and Lambeer taught him that psychology and getting in people's head. Who got in people's head more than Bill Lambeer? True, true. But Bad Boys Dennis Rodman, he didn't he didn't do all that. He he yes, just, he, yes he did. He well not as much. He outworked you. He hustled. He worked. You know he was rough, right? But I think ninety six Dennis Rodman. Then he added that little like, hey, I fucked your mom last night. You know, like those kinds that's of things. Why I said, like, that's why I said popularity. That's why I said his popularity was bigger in Chicago because of right. stuff like that. The Hanging the out cheap in Vegas, stuff drinking, against, you, know, you know, he's a member of the NWO and right. popularity. He married, he was dressed as a woman, married himself yep. somewhere. Yep. But going back to what, what I was going to say. So the 89 Pistons, right? You can, you can argue that they helped create the 90s Bulls, right? Because they beat their ass so much that Michael Jordan said, fuck this, we're getting in the gym. The only way we're going to beat them is if we can out-tough them or be as tough as they are, right? We can withstand their their physical play, right? So the 96 Bulls, to having all that under their belt, along with the type of team they had, the win total that they had that season, breaking the, the season high you know, total wins, I don't know. Like you could you could ha- make that argument about like say the 89 Pistons and the 90 the 91 Bulls or you know or the 92 Bulls that would be a closer matchup but I think the 90 96 Bulls had advanced so far that not say it wouldn't be in a tough tough series. Absolutely. But it it wouldn't be a sweep, that's for sure, but the 96 Bulls were a little tougher, a little little uh more polished and you ever hear what Wilt Chamberlain said about Luke Longley when Wilt was still alive? No. Okay, so th- it was around that 96, 97 era, whatever. Now, Wilt passed away in 99, so he made this statement like a couple years before he passed away. So Wilt had to have been, let me see, 59 or 60 at the time because he was 63 when he passed away. <laughs> Somebody interviewed him, and, and Wilt never has good things to say about Michael, you know. In terms of who the greatest player of all time is. And, uh, you know, they asked him about the 96 Bulls. And I can't remember what he said about them. But Wilt said, you know, he said, I keep my body in shape. He said, don't, don't get fooled by my age and, and all that. He said, I could, I could still contribute off somebody's bench or I could, I could play right now. Because I'm, I'm in good shape to play. I'm not the player I used to be. And so the guy, I think it was Peter Vesey. Peter Vesey said, so, so you're telling me if you were on the Bulls roster right now and Luke Longley went down with an injury, you're saying that you can step in and fill the role? You know what Will Chamberlain said? What? He said, why do we got to wait for Luke Longley to get injured? <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. Nobody, nobody, See, nobody, nobody look, look, we, we all respect Michael, okay? I'm going I'm to I'm leave him out of this. Talking about the, nobody respects them fucking guys, man. Fuck that Some team. of them, no. The, the Luke Longleys, the Scott Burrells, the Bill Wennington's, the Bill Wennington, Randy Browns, Luke Longley, Judd you know, Bushler, and all that. Judd Bushler. They were just role players. They were just bench players. I mean, you see it still now in the NBA, you know, that. Next year's LA Lakers are getting ready to have a lot of those guys on their bench because of their starting lineup. But, anyways, one uh, more thing about Rodman. Okay, while well, it's on my mind, I'm gonna throw out facts for you. This ain't my opinion. 
His last two years in Detroit, he averaged over 18 rebounds a game. I don't know what his point per game was. I know it was a little higher than it was in Chicago. Two defensive player of the years in Detroit, two all-star selections in Detroit, and he was the fastest player in the NBA. Dick Versace said that in 88, if he would have ran, if he would have participated in the 100 meters, he would have won the gold medal. The way that in practice, the way that he can get up and down like that, like a like a fox. Oh yeah. The, um, so I'm take I'm always going to take that Rodman over that popular Chicago. I know that was more fun and all that and all that. No, I'm taking Detroit Rodman. Yeah, they, uh, without getting off on too much of a tangent. You always say that. Get off on a tangent. Go ahead. <laughs> um, that was because I because I, I did just rewatch the Last Dance and they. Jordan talked about that when when Rodman took his little vacation in the middle of the season to his couple day vacation to Vegas, and and Jordan had to go get him out of the room with Carmen Electra. Oh, he came back to practice and feels like okay, we need, we're going to get Rodman back in shape, right? He's been gone for a couple days. We need to get him back in shape, and so they did the Indian drill. You know, you know, Indian drill, the running. So right, you have you run in a line, or you run in two lines, and uh, the guys in front set the pace, and when the whistle blows or whatever, whoever's leading it, the two guys in the back run up to the front. They spring up to the front okay. and lead the line. Okay. They set the pace, and they get they don't stop until the back people catch them, right? Okay. So Jordan's like, he told, I think it was Kerr and Bushler or whatever, it was in the front. It was like, hey, let's just jog. We ain't, gonna, we ain't trying to, you know, we ain't trying to do all that today. Just, just jog. So they start jogging. And he said, when Rodman got up to the front, Rodman took off like a goddamn cheetah. Yeah, and they couldn't catch him, and they're like, yeah, "That's how Rodman was. Like, we don't care what he does off the court because whatever he does off the court, he's going to show up and he's going to be Dennis Rodman, and nobody could catch him, and he, he, dude could just run." Yeah, so <laughs> he, he didn't get out of shape by going to Vegas. He, he was he was still in shape. Was the point of that? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Ninety six Bulls won that bracket. Yeah. So well, I kind of knew. I I kind of knew. But and we had it. And Angelica is our official uh, yeah. bracket yeah, girl. Castro. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She was nice enough to do the bracket for us. Yep. Um. So our next episode was the last episode that we did uh, before my move to Texas. Uh, Randy Scott graciously let us use the studios at Davidson High School, and we interviewed the um, Division One state champ. Uh, Davidson football team, some some kids from the Davidson championship football team, and that that was that that, that was my thank you for letting me to do that because that's my alma mater, and I was like I was very proud of that, and uh, you know you're a little hesitant about it at first, but I was like, hey, what if what if Central won the state championship? You'd want to do that? And he's like, Yep, yeah, you're right. Okay, let's yeah, do right. it. Yeah, it, it did it did go down. Wow, don't make me sound so anti Davidson here, but yeah, no, 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 it wasn't I, not I do, that way. But I, I do like, remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um. I remember telling those kids before the show started that if if any of you guys say a cuss word on here, um, no, I said we're not going to cut. We're not going to cuss on here today, and you're not going to talk bad about people that aren't here. Yeah, because that's just that's not going to fly with me. The first person that does that, we're not doing the show. And they were like, okay. I said, other than that, this this is going to be like. Uh, Sitting on a couch at home with your boys talking about sports. I said it's gonna be fun. We're gonna be talking about the NFL, NBA, talk about, you know, get some insight from the state title run and what, you know, you had to go through. 
So yeah, that was yeah, that was a lot of fun. That looked like that was probably like the most like professional looking uh Yeah, because of the studio. Yep, because we got to use that studio. Yeah. It was very professional looking. It reminded me of Sports Center. You know? Not, your daughter Danny was one of the camera people, wasn't she? Well, she didn't she didn't work the actual camera. Work. But she yeah, Just, she was she was she was pretending to <laughs> to work one of the Make studio me look like camera. a liar on no, here, man. She was no, she had no. a headset on and you know those cameras, how they move around and yeah. you slide them. She was yeah. Mason was, was there too. Mason, Mason was yeah, there. Both yeah, they both yeah. were there. A shorter version of Mason was there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was yeah, that was really fun. And uh, you told those kids that if they uh, they wanted again, we, we would have them back. But uh, unfortunately, they didn't uh, they didn't pull that off. They got to the championship game, but they uh, came up a little short. Yeah, Donovan Edwards. Uh, I can't remember the team that beat them, but Donovan Edwards at Michigan uh, recruit. Man, he yeah. just—I want to say—stuck them. He stuck them all the way up in that game. Yeah, wasn't it? No, I, I wasn't De La Salle. It was uh, I forget who it is. Anyways, but yeah, that was a great—that was a great fun show to do. Yep, that was fun, and that was before the big move. And then when when did we come back? What was our next episode? I know we did Zoom. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna hit all those in a group. You know, when I was in Texas, um, we tried to we tried out the Zoom thing. Um, and we, it was fun. It was fun. We had some good conversations with some, with some people. Uh, it gave us a chance to do some very, uh, you know, uh, present some good quality content. We had some great conversations. Uh, we talked to, you know, Brent Hinson. We did a great show where where we remembered uh, Don Shula after his passing. Um, had some that, great the Don Shula one was a good content. Yeah. If, if, I watched that last week or a couple weeks ago. I watched some of that last night. I rewatched way, some of that last night. The way we were talking, um, and and the, the detail, I, th- I thought that was a good yeah content. Yep. Um, and we did uh, we we had did a show with the Marcella or uh, with the Marcellus with the Miller brothers, George and Marcellus, um, where we talked about uh, you know the Pistons Bulls rivalry, the Dream Team, Isaiah being left off the Dream Team, which. You know, that's another trigger for Ray. But, uh, yeah, that, that was a great conversation, the four of us talking about that. What, what was uh, what was that that dirt sheet writer said about the Dream Team? Oh, man, you're going to make me bring that up? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you're the one who said it. So, I, and remember, it's a fact, according to you. Well, because the guy reported it, it makes it fact. So I listened to the Jalen and Jacoby show, and on the Jalen and Jacoby show, the director of The Last Dance. Who, what's his name? I forget. I forget. His, I can't recall his name. Uh, I think it's Jason something, but I forget. Um, said that in doing his research for The Last Dance, there was a reporter that had spoken to Chuck Daly. And with all the controversy around whether or not Isaiah was going to play or not, because a lot of those guys didn't want to play with Isaiah, that when when this reporter asked Chuck Daly about it, he said if he had to pick, he would have more likely picked Dumars to play on the team over Isaiah because of his defensive play and his fit <laughs> on the team. Now, that is not a direct quote from me. That is a statement that was made by the director of The Last Dance. Okay. And purely... As you could possibly see, it's speculatory, but that's that's what he said. So it's not fact. 
There's some things you've got to take. That's a, that's a hard thing to say fact because it's, it's, it's a, the d- d- director of the documentary from his research, talking to a reporter. It's, it's yes, I could guess you can't say it's full fact because it's hearsay, but supposedly that's what was said. Okay. Here's some things, a couple of things you have to consider. Okay. The, the last dance documentary, ego driven, Michael Jordan or whoever, Put that shit together. He, he did, in my opinion, that is solely to take the spotlight off of LeBron James. Okay, the guy's a glory hog. Be talking about all that stuff now. When LeBron James is clearly the best player in the world, that's the way that I took it. Now, that, what you just said about the, the dirt sheet writer, that's a shot at Isaiah. It's in the best interest of that Bulls documentary. That is a shot at Isaiah Thomas for, for anybody to suggest that Joe Dumars, Chuck Daly wanted Joe Dumars instead of Isaiah Thomas. That is a direct shot at Isaiah Thomas. I don't take it that way. I know I know you don't. I know you don't. Because he, Chuck Daly is in a position where, look, I, maybe I want to pick one of my guys to play on this team, but I also have all these other guys on the team that we've asked to play that don't like Isaiah. That don't want to play with Isaiah. So, okay, if that's the reason, I can understand that. Okay, we don't want Isaiah. We don't get along with him. Okay, I can go with that. But for this dirt sheet writer to suggest that that he he only said that Chuck Daly was leaning towards if he had to pick one, he was leaning towards taking Dumars over Isaiah because of his defensive play. Okay, and, and like I've always said, Chuck Daly isn't here anymore, and he can't defend that. Right. And, and I wish I knew the guy's name that you're talking about. All I want to know is how in the name of fuck would that guy know that? 30 <laughs> years later. How come this wasn't talked about at the time that it was happening? Because it wasn't brought to light. I mean, the documentary is what brought that fact to light because – this reporter had had this information. I don't know the status of this reporter. The, the director spoke to the reporter after Chuck Daly's passing. So obviously who couldn't follow up and ask Chuck Daly directly, is this true? Is this accurate that you said this? So take it how it is. <laughs> I'm just I'm just telling you a fact. I didn't mean to, to, to hype you up so bad about Dirt it. Dirt sheet writers in every sport are, are the worst because they – they're, they're, first of all, they're never there. They're not in the, the, the conference rooms. They're not in the locker rooms. And they, they, there's, unless you can prove that, that Chuck Daly said that, if that's on film, it's just, that, it's just nonsense. And when I heard that the first time, I didn't, even know how to, I didn't even know how to react to that. I didn't know what to say. That, that's, now, that's not you that said that. You were just quoting somebody else. Yeah, it was That'll just, go down in history as the single most Dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life that didn't come out of Donald Trump's mouth. <laughs> Single most. Okay. Hey. I it wasn't my words. I was just telling you as like, hey, FYI, fun FYI. If you hey, if, if you watch that skit again when you brought that up on the Zoom show, when you're saying that, Marcellus and George are both covering their faces and their mouths because they know that I'm getting ready to say something to defend that. Yeah, they they knew, and I'm not defending the statement. I'm just saying that statement was supposedly made. That's okay. all I'm saying. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. You're the dream team head coach. You're Chuck Daly. 
you got to choose between Isaiah and Joe. There's only one spot left, and it's only these two that you're choosing from. Who you who you, who you choosing? Am I choosing based on who are you the choosing? Player or can I factor I in? That I don't I have, care what color underwear they have. I don't care their fucking auntie. I don't care who are you choosing based on what you know on basketball ability. If I'm Chuck Daly, I I want Isaiah on the team. Okay, but because I have Jordan, Magic, Pippen. Bird, all these guys that say, if Isaiah plays, I'm not playing. Because that's the first thing MJ said when they asked him to play on the team. He said, who's all playing? Who's all playing? Because you know the name I'm asking about. If this guy's playing, I'm not playing, right? So Chuck Daly's in a, in a difficult spot, you know? Like, yeah, you want to take Isaiah, duh. Like, it's stupid not to take Isaiah. But if Isaiah is going to fuck with the chemistry of this team, then I'm going to take Dumars because... Dumars is a great defender and he's a good three point shooter. Okay, <laughs> let's let's go to the next episode. Okay, um, <laughs> so we did it. We did another cool show um, where uh, we had Mike Fordham on a Zoom and we talked about the life and the career of uh, New Jack, oh, the, yeah. the infamous hardcore wrestler New Jack. I took his death hard, by the way. I, I have a friend here who can. Verify. I, I took that death kind of hard, man. Yeah. Um, I think we talked mostly about the um, the dark side of the ring. You know, yeah, we're going that, over that kind of stuff. That's what kind of sparked the uh, us doing the episode was the dark side of the ring. Now, uh, now back in the nineties, back in the nineties, like I remember, you know, New Jack from ECW because that was televised and they had pay per views. As far as, like, you know, cutting mass transit from ear to ear and throwing Vic Grimes 40 foot off of a scaffold, those things I read in magazines. I never actually seen them until, you know, the technology got a little better and we can pull up anything now. But, uh, God, what a, what a guy he was, man, just in life as a performer. Well, when, when I first uh, asked you to research him, what were your initial reactions as when you were looking at some of these clips for the first time? Well, I had an, I had never really knew about New Jack. I had known the name, but not never too much about him. So when you said, "Hey, you need to watch this Dark Side of the Ring about New Jack. You need to educate yourself about New Jack," and I watched it, and my initial and thank re- you for doing that, by the way. Yeah, thank you for doing it. Yeah, that. when you say something like that, it, it's you, you don't say that all the time. You're like, "Hey, you got to do this. You'll be thank me later." I take it seriously. My initial reaction was, God damn, this, this, <laughs> like, shit. Like, I was, it was shock. It was like, this guy is, is something else, man. Like, it's a no wonder that this guy is a, a prominent figure in the, like, the, uh, the hardcore wrestling scene. It was like, he was just something nobody ever seen before. He took it to another level and it was just total shock factor and, like, damn. It wasn't even about, wrestling ability it was like what he did in the ring and the extreme measures that he went in the ring and his performance and his his persona and you just he just turned it up to 12 and didn't look back um hunter red uh down in florida the guy that he was stabbing in the ring like just like stabbing him like alley style yeah one of the quotes of all quotes man when he was getting interrogated by the police and questioned and New Jack said, no, no, I did not. 
I did not stab him 14 times. I stabbed him nine times. (laughs) Oh, okay. That makes it better. Just nine. Okay. Yeah, it was only nine times. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Now, I wasn't at the arena. I don't know what they were talking about before the match. But according to New Jack, what he said, Hunter Red, kind of like Mass Transit, kind of, was telling him how the match is going to go down. You cannot do that to any wrestler that's a veteran. Much less someone like New a Jack. A mentally unstable veteran. A mentally unstable <laughs> veteran like New Jack. I wouldn't have stabbed nobody like that in the ring. But I definitely would have shot on him. Shot on him means whoop his ass for real, not shooting. When you get shot on in a wrestling ring, that means the shit's turning real. Yeah. I would have shot on him. I wouldn't have stabbed a poor kid to death. Did, did nobody go to Hunter Red and be like, hey, you, you saw what he did to Mass Transit, right? Like, you really want to say these words right. to him right now? Yeah, he obviously didn't know any of that stuff. I, I, got, I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel sorry for none of those guys that got jacked like that. No pun intended, jacked like that. Because, like, Mass, tra- <laughs> mass Transit and they're smoking a cigarette in the locker room. Yeah, Jack, I want to put you through a table. My dad's here. Can you cut me? I want to do this and that. And can I cut you? And I don't, like, I don't, man, I don't know, man. Hey, man, you're just here for a ride. You need to shut the fuck up and just go wrestle. But and then he paid for it. Yeah, he's at New Jack is actually a cool guy. Like you said, he responded to you once. And uh, yeah, that that was I man. I I reached out to New Jack for that episode, and I I I sent him a message, and I and I was trying to surprise you guys and just. And, Get him on Zoom on that call, but it didn't happen. But like I said before, he he did respond. I sent him a link to our our the, the episode, and he just replied with a thumbs up emoji. That's cool. If you ever want to see something cool uh, later on, go uh, look up some of his cameos because he he was getting into cameo before yeah. he passed away. And uh, oh my god, some of the stuff he says on there is legendary. That was a fun episode. Yeah. One of my one of my uh, one of my favorite episodes. Probably might be my favorite Zoom episode that we yeah. done only be, only because I, I like new jack so much and i liked him when i was younger so yeah and, and you know a, he really didn't have like health he died of a heart attack but um he didn't you know have like an illness he wasn't he just it was unexpected yeah and i thought it was a, a facebook hoax when i saw it i was hoping to god it was a facebook hoax but yeah uh, yeah that one touched me man yeah i felt that we had to do when you when you it pointed me to that dark side of the ring episode um or series, um, I was like, we got to do a show about this. This guy's too interesting of a, a personality not to do a show about. Yep. So good episode. Yeah, and then uh, we did some more, a few more uh, Zoom calls. You know, uh, we had to hope uh, left Wente on. Mm-hmm. She's a local business owner and a friend of yours. Yep. The name of her store is A Bit of Earth at the Flint Farmers Market. Everybody yep. loves that store. I love going there too. Yep. She was uh, very nice to talk to. Oh, yeah. Real nice girl. It was, uh, you know, our only non-sports episode. We didn't talk much sports. We just, you know, we talked about her and her business and different things. And She's an interesting, uh, when it comes to sports, it's kind of interesting because when she was in high school, she was an all-state swimmer and, like, had a lot of central, like, records in the breaststroke and, like, some of the other events. And she was a four-time, four-year varsity starter on the soccer team. She was, like, really, really great. At everything she played, but just not sports. She doesn't. She don't live and breathe sports right. like you might think. She just has God given right. ability. Yeah. Then we did. Uh, we did an episode on uh, the career of Shaquille O'Neal, and we did an episode on the career of Barry Sanders. And um, 
And then I moved back, came back to Michigan from Texas. So let's get this going again. Um, and then we went back to uh, Daisy Dukes. Daisy again. Dukes, yeah. Yep. And we had on uh, Chuck Lawler. Um, yes. The, that was interesting how that panned out because we had a guest that didn't come. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be Chuck Lawler. <laughs> but Chuck was there because I was buying um, raffle tickets yeah. for the Flint Fury team. And uh, so, hell, I said, looks like you know who ain't showing up. I said, Chuck's here. He's the president of Flint Fury. Yep. Fuck it. Let's talk some Flint Fury. I said, Chuck, what do we have a seat? Put a headset President <laughs> coach. Yeah, we talked. Yep. Talked to Chuck. Uh He's currently the, the president of the Flint Fury football team. Flint Central grad? Northern. Northern. He's a Northern grad. He's the, one, he's the only Northern grad that came to our You Finger podcast. Um, uh, played at Northern, graduated in 88. Uh, played for the Falcon, Flint Falcons a little bit. Uh, who was <laughs> – who was uh, – it was a couple years ago. I know it was an NFL game. Who, when that quarterback got hit with a helmet – the, Bra- the Steelers and Browns game. Was a- oh, it was uh, Miles Garrett um, and uh, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Now, Mason Rudolph, that's the quarterback, right? Yeah. Yep. And the other guy hit him with a helmet. Yeah, I ripped, it, ripped, off his hel- ripped off his helmet and then hit him in his head with his own helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I heard Chuck did that to somebody during his semi-pro days. I don't know the fact. It's just what I heard. But Yep. yep. Lifesaver that day. I'm glad he was there and we were able to get an episode off. Yeah, it worked out good. It was good, a good interview, too. It was yep. good talk. He's a good guy. Yep. Um, and then uh, we took another little break. Uh, we're getting some stuff squared around, squared away, you know, with the with the room and the studio and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, came back a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, uh, had Mike Fordham back on. These are more recent, so we won't spend a lot of time on these because you can go watch them. Um, talked about the NFL Hall of Fame ceremony, and we talked about some of the careers of the, the guys getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, he complimented you way too many times during that episode. Told you, it's a bromance, man. Bromance stuff, man. <laughs> hey, uh, greatness recognized greatness. You know. Another thing we talked touched on. Uh, I wish you would put a short clip on our NFL vaccination talk and like the way we don't have to get on it. Like you would say, we don't have to get on a tangent about that. But we had an interesting segment. It's a, bit, a little long. It's a little long. I'll see but if I can post good, something. But you, it's, it's a good. It's a good segment because uh, what I learned that day is um, talking about it in person. I think is easier than to like see somebody saying dumb shit on TV. Um, yeah, because you're accountable for your words in person. Like you're not saying it through a screen. Like. A lot of these trolls on on social media. I, you're, I, when you're in front of someone's I, face and you're saying words, you're accountable now. But like, I, I thought we handled I thought we handled it really really good, and I I didn't know what to expect. I really didn't want to go on that avenue at first, and then you know then I thought you know I'm, I do own a little small business. I might throw a little bit of that in there, but doesn't necessarily mean everybody was agreeing with everybody. But it was a, a good adult, mature, a lot better than I thought. Yeah. And, uh, it went very people, well. I wish people would would watch that segment. I'd like to hear the opinions on there. Yeah, I'll try to post something. The the, pro, the, issue, the problem is that we we talked about it for such a long time. It's not a, not really be a short clip. It's like twenty. Yeah, but 20, that's, a, that's okay minutes, though. You know? That's okay though because that's a serious world topic. You know, we we don't have to play beat the clock with with a topic like that. We're going to talk about it. I think we only planned on talking about it for like maybe five minutes. We, yeah, we said let's only spend like five ten minutes on this, but yeah. but, but uh, yeah. 
I thought it went. I thought it went good. It was a good good it segment. Was, yeah. It was. Um, and then last week we had uh, Jay Green and Judson Anderson back, and we uh, we talked about some of the great college basketball players in the uh, in the history. Okay. Uh, and that was uh, that wraps up. That's our our for our first twenty six shows. Yep. Um, let me see. Well, let's just name some other college basketball players. Maybe guys we didn't name. Just just any kind of name. I mean, of course, guys we like to... Ramil Robinson at Michigan, or yeah. And we won't think we never brought up like. Um, God, Sham God, when he played at Providence. Oscar Robinson, Larry Bird. Oscar, yep. Um, Larry Bird, undefeated. Bobby going into Hurley. That State game. Yep, Bobby Grant, Hurley. Grant Hill. Yep. Um, we didn't mention any of the Fab Five. Chris Webber, Jalen Rose. No, I don't I don't think we did. No. Yeah. Jawan Howard, I don't think was mentioned. No. I don't know if we brought up – I think, I think uh, Magic Johnson was brought up. Magic was brought up. Glenn uh, Rice was brought up. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about many Michigan State players, did we? I think it was only Magic Johnson. We didn't say anything. I, like I mentioned Andre Steve Hudson. Smith. But, but that was just more of a shout-out. The Andre Hudson thing was just more of a shout-out. He's not – I'm not putting him up there with all the names that we was all naming. Not, I wasn't doing that. Just, yeah. just shout-out that, you know what, even though Cincinnati would have won the national title if Kenya Martin didn't break his goddamn leg. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, the, the 2000 Spartans is – you know, when you go to these college forums, they meant, they say the Flintstones, which is deserving, you know, because I'm, I'm a Flint guy. You know, I love my Flint guys and all that. It's deserving. But I, I'm just always curious on how Hudson, it's got to feel left out. Yeah. That's all. That, that's, that was just a shout out. You know, you know, there was, there is one name that we didn't bring up and I'm, I'm, I may regret saying this because the team he plays for, but kind of like in the same realm that we talked about Glenn Robinson giving Michigan troubles when they played Purdue. Jim Jackson was, for Ohio State, was another one guy of my, that always gave favorite, Michigan problems. One of my favorite college players. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, I, I would put him up there kind of like, um, kind of like what Kendall Gill was at Illinois, where like in 89 they just destroyed us in the regular season at Champaign and in Ann Arbor, and then we beat them in the tournament. Ohio State was kind of the same way. When when the Fab Five were freshmen, Ohio State blew them out of the water in both games in the regular season. And then we played them in the Elite Eight, and Jim Jackson was their star. Uh, played them in the Elite Eight, Rupp Arena, overtime, and we finally finally beat them. Jim Jackson is one of the best college players I've ever seen, man. Just yeah. – uh, just, um, I actually I met him at uh at the Chrysler Arena when he was uh, an announcer, but uh, yeah, we didn't long time NBA career. Uh, I think he's I, he's from Toledo because when I worked for Smith Security when I was eighteen years old, I worked with a couple guys and went to high school. He went to school somewhere in Toledo. Uh, just a fundamentally sound um, yeah. college basketball player. He can play for the Timberwolves, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, shit, he played for Dallas. <laughs> they played for like Dallas. fifteen teams. Maybe that's the Dallas something. That was the Triple J Ranch, him, Jason Kidd, and uh, Jamal Mashburn. Yeah. yeah. Jamal Mashburn was another name that we didn't bring up. Uh, Patrick Ewing for Georgetown. James Worthy of North Carolina. Are you sure we didn't bring, like, those names up? I'm Ewing? pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. We didn't we, bring I, up any we, UConn names, like I think we brought Ray up Allen. Ewing. I think we brought up Ewing because, because he battled Ralph Sampson in the tournament, and I think his name came up when we were talking about Ralph Sampson. Okay. 
But yeah, I mean, you can go on and on with great college players. But yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, college. Yeah, start throw a couple extra names out. Yeah, now, Bill Russell. <laughs> when you mentioned his name, we, me and yeah, Judd kind of chuckled. Yep, now the I reason the I'm gonna tell you why we chuckled. Judd and I on the phone argue about Bill Russell all the time. I agree with your sentiments of Bill Russell. If Judd was talking to you privately, and you brought up Bill Russell's name, you better have your hands up or something because a hit might be coming. He, <laughs> It's that strong, right? Oh, my. Yeah. that's He hates Russell want, like you hate Jordan. I don't want to say hate. I don't like to use the word hate. But um, let's just say Bill Russell is not on his uh, Mount Rushmore. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on. We're going to uh, – it's time to go to Mason with, uh, with our we're – still, we're still coming up with a name for it. We'll get all that theatrics down for it. But, you know, our kind of old school, new school topic. Mason has a lot of, you know, new school mentalities about the game of basketball primarily, even though he's branching out to football and other sports. But cool. – Good. What you got for us today, Mason? What's what's your new school take? Um, I wanted to talk about like Kevin Durant and Pull the how, microphone closer, son. Uh, I wanted to talk about like how Kevin Durant was like a really good scorer and how he's one of the best scorers of all time. Was or is is the best scorer of all time? Is it you think he is one of or is the best scorer of all time? Personally, I think he is the best scorer of all time. Okay. You mean like the best pure score of all time? Yeah. Okay. Um, go ahead. You go first. Well, it's, inter- it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I, I did. Uh, I did know about this prehand. You didn't. I did. But so I looked at one of the things I first told Mason. I was like, "You got to look. You know, you got to compare numbers, right? What's their free? What's their field goal percentage, right?" And he's actually. Him and Jordan, just just as a comparative, like have damn near the same field goal percentage, right? And and I do agree. I I'm one of those people that think Kevin Grant doesn't get enough credit for the player that he is. I think Kevin Grant, Kevin Durant is is a dynamic player. He is a good scorer. You can score from anywhere on the floor. Um, very smooth, very silky smooth shot. Um, big fan of his. I. Uh, without to start an argument, there's there's some. I sometimes go back and forth in my head and it's like, if I have a choice, if I'm starting a team, I have a choice between LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Oh my God. Like I might take Kevin Durant. <clears throat> right. Anyways, we're here to talk about that. Um, is he the best? One of the best scorers of all time? No, no, because you still got the you still got the goat MJ, God in tennis shoes, as uh, Ray would say. Um. I say that sarcastically. Kobe Bryant, Kareem, yeah, he maybe Kareem wasn't as versatile as where he could score on the floor, but he had the the, the league's most unstoppable shot. Um, you know, those guys still are are above him to me. It, you know, yeah. Um, good good question, uh, Mason. Um. Kevin Durant, seven footer. 
He's like six, eight, six, six nine. No, no he's six ten. Six ten. Okay, really? Yeah. Okay, six, my bad. Ten. I think six ten, six yeah. right? eleven. So you don't, you don't okay. even realize he's that tall because right. of the the way he plays. He's, he's so skinny and lanky. A couple things that come to mind uh, about Kevin Durant. If if you look at his uh, his frame, how he's built. Mm-hmm. Now. People are always saying how LeBron James wouldn't be able to take punishment back in the golden era, in the 80s. Well, if if LeBron can't take the punishment, then how the hell would Kevin Durant take the kind of punishment? Would he be able to score back then? Now, now I know that player. Now, I like like Kevin Durant, okay? Like Jay Green said last week, you know, Jay likes the guys that can do it all. Take you off the dribble, post you up, do this and that. Kevin Durant is that guy. Uh I think uh, Dan saying that he would take LeBron, uh, Durant over LeBron, that's almost as ridiculous as what that dirt sheet writer said about Joe Dumars. That was not a definitive answer. I said I'd go back and forth in my head about it. Okay, don't hurt yourself. Um, now, Kevin Durant, and I'm going to say this, though. When you mention Kevin Durant's name, here's the first. this is the first thing that came to my mind, okay? And it doesn't really have to do with the scoring thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put him over here. Now, they won, Golden State won back-to-back titles with him, okay? And he was the finals MVP both times. Now, the third year, when they were going for the three-peat, what was 2019, that was when the Raptors won the title. In those first three rounds, Kevin Durant was putting up numbers that were absolutely ridiculous, was playing better than he did the previous two years. I think he had like five games in a row uh, where he scored, I think, like 42-plus, five games in a row before he got injured. Yeah. Had he not gotten injured, and this is no disrespect to the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard. I like Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. No disrespect to those guys. They would have had no chance against a healthy Kevin Durant. And I know that Golden State team was loaded, okay? I, I understand all that. It wasn't Clay, – Clay Thompson got injured that year too, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. So they were not only down Durant, they were down Clay Thompson as I well. I think uh, Curry got injured as well. I think just a minor injury. I'm not sure. But Durant, though, in, in 2019 was, was doing things in the second round and in the conference finals where we were like, damn, you know, nobody's stopping them. He got hurt. I think they would have won three in a row. He would have been the finals MVP all three times. And I think that that would have been worthy enough to compare them to the 96, 97, 98 Bulls teams. You know, uh, I, I really think that, I don't know, would, would, would Michael Jordan's 96 team still be the greatest of all time, even though they had the best record? That Three finals MVPs. He would have been the finals MVP. I'm talking about Durant. It's too bad that he got injured. Another what if. They, Golden State would have ran away with the title in, in 2019 against the Raptors. They, they would, Durant was, was playing better than he did his previous two years when they won the title and he was the finals MVP. Um, Kevin, Kevin Durant uh, in today's game can definitely score the ball. He's the best pure scorer. In today's he, game. In today's game. Yeah. Uh, he would have had a alter his game a little bit back, you know, 30 years ago because of the physical violence that was going on. Yeah, you would have had to bulk up. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, does he have, you know, Michael Jordan's toughness? Because Michael Jordan uh, was getting beat down, but he always got back up. I don't think any player 
could have took that punishment. I mean, we was punishing Bird physically and Magic Johnson too, but not to the level we were doing to Michael Jordan. But I just think it's too bad that he got injured in 2019. I think it was the conference finals. And uh, that was uh, three MVPs in a row in the finals. They would have won their third title in a row. Too, that's too bad. But, nope, I, I don't think he's the best pure scorer. But as Dan would like to say, you know, he definitely should be in the discussion. So yeah, that's good. It's a good question. That's just what I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, are we are we looking on time? Uh, we're looking at one hour and fifty five minutes. Okay. Do you, Do you want to do the the question thing, or do you want to save that for another time? What, we're, coming, we're coming up on two hours. What question thing? The the interview thing. Thought you want to do the interview thing. No. What interview? What are you talking about? Never mind. Guess we're not doing what it. What interview thing? We'll talk about it later. You were going to ask me questions. Oh, my God. Ray has uh, no, Alzheimer's that's a, that, all that's, of a sudden. That, that's, that's a whole episode. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I guess that's where we're going to end it. Plus, my questions are at home anyway. <laughs> he forgot. I know what you're talking about now. All right. I'm hungry with some pizza, so let's, let's wrap too. this up. All right. Go ahead. Close. Okay. Now that, now that you're uh, in your rightful spot, go ahead and close it out. Yeah, I think this was fun. Hopefully, it wasn't too boring for uh, for everyone going through each episode. Um, but if it's boring, whoever thinks it's boring is because they don't know what we're talking about, right? Um, and if you don't know, go back and watch the episodes, and you'll you'll get all those insider things that we were talking about. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. If you like what we're doing, I'm gonna say it every time: like, subscribe. Turn on notifications so you know when we post a new episode. We'll post to YouTube. We post to Facebook. We appreciate the support uh, and hope to have you back. Good job today, Mason. Good job. See you next time.